next national track athlete she used to specialize in the 100 meters hurdles anyone in the space would know that this is one of the tougher disciplines among the track events she studied to be a psychologist and now is a child counselor with one of the popular montessori schools passion for health and fitness ensured that she never left the field unlike many who tend to reprioritize life away from the fitness engagements to focus on a career she successfully straddled the demanding career time and still fits in her sports and fitness regime I am fit is what she is. A fitness resume transcended across swimming, rowing, long distance running, duathlons, ultimate frisbee and parkour. And she ultimately found her leeway into OCR that is obstacle course racing. She's a big proponent of the obstacle course racing that is rapidly picking up in India. Her medal count in OCR is rising with every event she participates in. Our guest for today, she's clearly an Amelia Boone in the making or just Malika Fernandez. Welcome Malika to the I Am Fit podcast. And listeners, Malika scales 14 feet warped walls like a spider woman. Thank you, Ruben, for having me here. And I'm looking forward to being part of my first ever podcast and having an interesting Lovely, Malika. It's a pleasure having you on the podcast. And uh, you come from a family of sports enthusiasts and athletes. Yes, that is true. And that's how um, I very strongly see myself. Right from the time I was very little, I've been uh, part of some kind of activity or the other. I started winning races and stuff when I was in maybe uh, class one. And ever since then, it's just been something that has become a very integral part of who I am. So for most of my life, I would answer the question of who do you want to be when you grow up with uh, an athlete? Because I hadn't even thought past that. That was just the most important part of life to me, being physically active and being uh, on a field or doing something along those lines. Um, But of course, as I grew up, I realized that that uh, wasn't all you can do in life and you eventually have to start thinking about uh, a job that is not necessarily in the sports field. So that's how I ended up studying psychology and I practiced as a counseling psychologist in a school. Um, So that is who I am today. I'm a counseling psychologist by profession and a fitness enthusiast by passion. So you've dabbled, I don't know whether I should use the word dabbled or maybe you completely engaged with swimming, rowing, you've done long distance running, you play ultimate frisbee, which is one of my favorite sports when I was young, and uh, parkour, which is a new interest that I've got into. I'm very basic at that, but I'm sure you're at a a level which is far more inspiring. And then through that, you found your way through OCR. And OCR for the listeners is... uh, obstacle course racing and uh, Malika is a big proponent of obstacle course racing. So Malika, one more thing, uh, the interesting, uh, what interested me about your uh, progress and your uh, journey is uh, unlike most people who kind of take a detour or a complete hiatus from anything to do with sports and fitness, even if they come from a background of fitness and sports, when they transcend into a career. Uh, we all are aware that sports is still not a very big career except for those elite 0.01% people. But the passion for fitness and sports is something which I don't relate to a fact that how do people drop that and then get on to a career? Is it time pressures? Is it the P1, P2 and fitness kind of becomes a P100 at some point of time? You have managed to keep that continuum going though you have a fairly rigorous time required uh, uh, workspace that you work with and you still manage to eke in and like you nicely put it you still fit it in how do you do that yeah 
<laughs> yeah um well it's it's just that fitness and being able to do physical things had from a very early stage in my life become so integrally a part of who i was that when i stopped doing athletics competitively i just felt almost weird to not have to go for training every day or not have to do something so diligently and i think that was how i ended up just continuing and going into all these various other um, sporting areas that's how i tried all the other things you mentioned like parkour or rowing and all of that because suddenly i had all this time i had the interest in fitness and i started doing all of that eventually once i started doing my masters and once i started working that genuinely became a challenge because of course the time and the responsibilities uh how i fit it in is because being fit was uh, an integral part of who i was a uh, part of my identity right from the time i was very small so even when i stopped doing competitive athletics it felt only natural that i start trying other things that were sporting related um i also had all this time you know because when i was doing athletics i was training morning and evening for the same sport um with a whole set of competitions and all of that but now i wasn't training for any competition so to speak and i had the freedom to just keep going into things so for me it was a very natural progression into swimming and then trying out parkour trying out rowing trying out frisbee trying whatever came my way that i had time to do um but to be honest that got difficult once i started masters and especially when i started working because the amount of time i had the amount of energy i had was reducing and the number of responsibilities i had was just constantly increasing as i was you know adjusting to being an adult and trying to find my footing in that space um i have to admit there was a point at which i hadn't worked out for like 3 or 4 months at a stretch or like i'd done very sporadic workouts um because i was just finding that it was getting too difficult to invest and make invest energy and make time for something like that when you know i had already enough priorities on my plate but then i also there was something that kind of took me back to how i'm seeing myself right and it just started to feel very alien to not be doing something active to start feeling weaker in my body and i think i just valued the need to be fit so strongly that i reached a point where i was like you know what i'm going to start doing something that is what about sweat i mean for me if i just sweat i feel that i've done something is that that kind of gives you that endorphin yeah. to say yes yes definitely it. so i i do those sporadic workouts and then think you know what i need to keep doing this but then i'd have enough and more other work to do that i was finding it very hard to fit it in right and this was when i was doing my master really right. struggling with it so then i started doing obstacle course races and that was fun to me so i started making time to train for those obstacle course races there is this obviously the drift is taking you away your time pressures will say uh, priority 1 2 3 is now not this but i need to do my masters i finished my masters now i'm working there's somebody in the office who says where are you you need to have a schedule which is fixed not in your control what changes did you do to ensure that yes what is not in my control is not what what is not in my control but what is in my control how do i maximize that time honestly it's about finding something that motivates you and keeping that in mind constantly so for me it was 
the fact that I just want to always be able to see myself as somebody who is fit, who's able to do the things I want to do, not look at maybe an obstacle course race and be like, oh, in my heyday, I would have been able to do this and it would have been fun. I see myself as somebody who ought to be able to do that at any point in my life. Maybe I won't do it as well at a later point in my life, but I always want to be able to do the things that interest me. And I think that is a huge motivator for me that makes me stay on track. That is one thing. The second thing is definitely having friend, uh, a general, not even a community, but just having people you know and correspond with regularly who are also interested in something similar, who have similar goals and similar interests. So that helps you kind of stay accountable to have a sense of social support, so to speak, to stay on the wagon that you want to be on. In my case, I have two brothers who are also pretty active. My family generally um, values sport and fitness. And I do have quite a few friends who I've made in the fitness community. And I'd say that is a huge factor with respect to what keeps me going and what helps me to stay on track. Yeah, that's very important. I think the the circuit that you move in with uh, makes a significant impact. If you see active people around you, you have to be active, and you kind of tend uh, and vis-a-vis. I mean, the otherwise as well. If your general community is not very active, you kind of blend into that, even even against your wishes. Yeah. So one needs to be cautious in terms of who you're moving around with, I guess. Yeah, or make make friends in other communities as well, because you will always be with people who are finding it difficult and, you know, slipping into a more sedentary uh, lifestyle. So tell us something about your experiences with the OCR circuit. People after a point don't like to slush around and scale walls and jump off 14, 20 feet or swing from one rope to jump off on the other side. Uh, How tough is it? How grueling is it? It's actually not, you know, you feel like you don't want to do those things until you actually do them. I've seen people come to obstacle course races thinking they'd never be able to manage or never enjoy something like this. And then they do it and then they love it and they come back. I've seen that happen with uh, many people, especially women who are not as eager. Yeah, it's been it's been quite a fun journey that way. And yes, I have been winning quite a lot of the races. I don't know if it's because there aren't that many other women who come and compete. That could partly be the reason, but I also do really train for them and make sure that I'm fit to handle them. But that said, they are still, they can be quite grueling. Honestly, an OCR depends on how you plan to run it, right? There are some people who run it for the experience and there are some people who run it to try and win the race. I run it to try and win the race. So that definitely becomes a very grueling experience in most cases. I always come out of races with my hands ripped apart with uh, all sorts of bruises from the ropes and dirt all over me. But I absolutely love that, to be honest. Um, I have not got injured, thankfully, in an OCR yet. Because, I mean, you don't necessarily end up getting injured. And that's a fear a lot of people have. But honestly, if you're just careful and sensible with the way you run it, you are unlikely to get injured. Um, But it is a lot of fun because... When you see these obstacles, they are just so different and so exciting. And it requires you to kind of figure out how you're going to overcome each of these. Um, Sometimes it takes you multiple attempts. Like, for example, when I went for one competition, I was taking on the warped wall for the first time ever. 
and i decided i definitely want to conquer this wall no matter what there were many guys running the race who would just pass that obstacle and you know take a band cut which is basically like a penalty to say okay i'm not doing this i'll i'll take the penalty instead but i was like no i'm finishing this because i know i will go home happy if i finish this wall and i think that is the highlight of my ocr experience because i took like six or seven attempts to that wall and i finally got to the top and that happened more than a year ago but i can still if i think of that i i'm just smiling you know that was the best feeling ever to get to the top of that wall after almost reaching and sliding down like literally six or seven times losing myself in the process but still finally getting to the top so i think that's what an ocr is about maybe for me it was the wall for somebody else it might be another obstacle but to do it to try it differently to conquer it or conquer it the first time the second time the next race whatever but to you learn so much about yourself so malika you are also a child counselor psychologist in a very popular school in chennai yeah. uh you engage with kids of varying ages so how important is fitness uh and i mean everybody knows it's important but you are living that day in and day out so what's your uh, outlook in terms of uh, how important is an engagement of whether it's sport or fitness in a child's development whether it's social or emotional um fitness of any kind is extremely important in a child's development and i'd like to actually distinguish that from sport and you know let's put it as a sedentary versus an active childhood for a kid right um yes it's it's quite obvious that sedentary is not the way to go we were not designed to be sedentary as children and now as humans as humans as exactly human <laughs> yes. children are basically uh, the beginning stage of humans right so uh, yes. development of a human is not designed to be sedentary right so much of your development in so many different domains like your physical cognitive emotional social everything is so strongly tied to not just fitness but i would say play right free play yes um, very important more than I, i would actually say more than organized sport and organized fitness it is free play that helps with child development and that is something that in this day and age doesn't happen as commonly from what i've observed i think you should say that again I, this is a very very important insight for all the listeners free play is something which as a community is kind of diminishing uh there is sports happening it's all organized i go for this coaching i go for that coaching which is okay for fitness but free play is something is diminishing as each passing year goes by which is i think we need to revive that and is very very important yeah uh, and to inculcate a spirit of uh, camaraderie and uh, a everyday win at an individual level rather than uh, uh, at a competitive level saying i beat that guy it should be like i went here i learned something that's the experience which sports and fitness gives you yeah and it's it's not even just that it's it's so much more i mean for a child to be able to play is for a child to develop the basic skills they need to go forward in life if you look at animals in the wild also um if you look at the little animals they're always playing out things and it might look like very innocent play but that is the way they're preparing for the world they are experimenting they are expressing they are building social bonds they're experimenting with how to connect to others and uh, 
very similar to animals you observe in the wild human beings are also designed to develop through play right so yeah, the body grows it, it's the part of the growth it is, uh, trajectory it is yes. because play enables creative expression and in children children are not very verbal right they still the vocabulary is still developing but they feel they are perceiving and they need to have a chance to kind of express that in some way and play is how they make sense of their world um they they're playing out various roles that they're observing in the adults in their environment they're practicing ways to behave they're overcoming fears they're building confidence they're building resilience they're learning how to relate to each other to collaborate negotiate share fight resolve the fights that they have um learn how to assert themselves so much happens through free play wherein the kid is just allowed to go and do whatever feels most natural to them absolutely physical running around on their up and down the stairs go play kick a ball around jump take a couple of tumbles exactly yeah. exactly and all of those are so important but right now we have we see so many parents so worried if the kid takes a small fall they're so worried the kid is going to get hurt the kid is going to scrape their leg you know the smallest things which honestly they feel like they're protecting their children but they are setting them up to be at a disadvantage as they go forward it's it can feel very counter counterintuitive at that point because no one wants to see their kid get hurt right but you don't realize that that kid is getting hurt today and learning how to not get hurt later they're learning they're learning so many lessons and it's it's also a chance for adults to kind of engage with the children right with for parents especially to engage with their children um a lot of parents now think that they will be doing the best for their children if they put them in as many classes as possible start training them to compete at a very young age because of course society has taught us that you know if your child is excelling at a certain sport and you know just like sport in many other domains if they're excelling and starting as early as possible to excel you know then as they go forward they have the best chances of uh, um success in their lives but honestly that kind of stuff while it's oh, it's not bad you know to put your kid in sport at a young age it's not bad but you need to keep in mind that if you're going to put put pressure on them through that then through this highly scheduled and organized uh activity that can be a very stressful influence on the child and if the child is not taking very well to it then it can cause a lot of emotional and a lot of a lot of trauma you know i, I know so many people now who have done well in sport and yeah, are very thankful trauma, to their yes. parents for putting them in sport and giving them the chance to be active and all of that but on an on the other hand they also hold on to these feelings of you know i wish i was able to just enjoy the sport i was playing i was never given a chance to enjoy i was always made to feel like i had to win and i was i was taking so much pressure as like a 10 to 15 year old and i don't feel like children that age need to have been put so much pressure on right children that age just want to do sport they want to compete but you know it's important for the parents to convey that while it is important to win and important to work towards that kind of a goal it's also okay if you don't and it doesn't change how valuable you are as a person right a parent should be able to convey that whether you win or whether you lose this competition you are appreciated you are valued and you are loved no matter what a child should never made to be felt like if they don't win this they are letting someone down other than themselves and um, 
I think that is a very, very important thing for parents of children who are in sports to keep in mind that your child is not, you're not doing this for your child to win and, you know, be awesome because you think that's, that's the best way to take them forward. You're just giving them the opportunity and you're allowing them to make whatever they will of it, right? And also for parents, an important thing to remember is the, the world will make you feel like you need to put your kid in all the different sports possible and various coaching centers are marketing their programs to make it look like, you know, if you're not, yeah, if you're not putting your kid here, then, you know, you're letting your kid down. Now, obviously, as opposed to letting your kid sit in front of a TV or a screen all day long, yes, that is definitely the better option. But that is not a replacement or that is not the better way to parent. You know, if you just can spend quality time playing with your child, in a very child-centric way, you know, where the child is directing the play and you're just fully engaging with them. It helps you helps you build so many connections, build so much uh, security in your child. And that is actually what will take your child forward. Um, they will build a more secure bond with you. You will be able to spend more quality time with them and they will be more sorted as individuals as they grow up, right? Rather than if you're just carting them from one uh, coaching class to the next, that. Absolutely, Malika. I think uh, you as a psychologist have given us such amazing insights to, I mean, even if we pick up one, two, three of these, uh, the life of our children yeah. are going to be significantly better and happier. That most important thing is how end of the day, it's people chase uh, lots of things while they are young. But once things settle down, the only thing that yeah. person chases is happiness. And if we just let this happen and grow on its own happiness, it doesn't Correct. go away. Anywhere. And also, to be honest, if you let your child just play and explore on their own, it's the chances of them finding something they're passionate about and then very naturally sticking with that are actually quite high. Allowing your child to play freely and express themselves freely is a very emotionally protective and mentally protective uh, influence, I would say. Because... Uh, if your child is taking pressure in any way that they might be, being able to play it out and express it is a, their way of regulating their feelings. And, you know, that can prevent the child from developing a lot of other bigger emotional issues that could crop up as a result of them not having an outlet, a very natural, uh, non-judgmental, non-organized, unstructured outlet. Yeah, and I also wonder if parents might then feel a little confused right because you do also it, it is true that you know it's good to put your kid in sports but now you might hear me saying you know what let your kid just freely play and you know maybe there are some parents listening to this who are feeling really conflicted right now um, I think what I'd like to say to that would be it isn't about one or the other it's about finding the balance and listening to your individual child and seeing what works for them of course generally you can you have an understanding of what works for kids but ultimately your child is an individual person and if you can pay attention to what works best in terms of a balance for them between organized and free play maybe a little bit of screen time here and there just to you know get perspectives of what's happening around the world yeah because that is a, also a very big part of uh, what the world they're growing up into is, right? But it's about finding the balance and being aware and being 
in tune with what works and doesn't work for your child and that is what you need to strive towards to accept and love your child no matter what and give them opportunities without pressure yeah. very aptly put malika one last your training secrets my training secrets um accountability i think that is the that is a huge uh, thing that i will i i don't want it to be a secret because i think this is what is coming in the way of a lot of people staying on track it's accountability so i have a friend to whom i report after my workouts and that helps me in so many ways because it's on days where i feel like you know i'm oh gosh i just don't want to do this i'm so tired this that and the other on my mind is making up all sorts of excuses for me i know that i have made a commitment to do something today and i have somebody on the other end waiting to hear how it went and that for me helps keep me in check um that's my biggest secret and also just also the other secret is finding people to do it with training with somebody else is always a lot more interesting and fun than doing it by yourself the accountability is an interesting new one i mean i've heard a lot of discipline uh focus being in the present see your purpose all that i've heard so much but the accountability i think is a very important piece that you've shared with us malika thank you so much yeah and uh, yes i think signing off here would be aptly put fitness in our lives fitting it in is not optional i think yeah. once we get that uh, then it becomes who we are so malika don't stop spinning this is ruben j pandey and i am fit thank you ruben thank you